0: what up what up what up umu thank you for tuning in to another segment of our hot wash episodes um join me as usual from the admin team we got jay will say what up jay will
1: yo uh, what up what up Umu?
0: all right before we get into the program and introduce our special guest for this evening i'm um, just to kind of take a quick moment to kind of go over our disclaimer so all the views and opinions expressed this evening are our own personal views and opinions and by no way shape or form represent the air force or any dod organization so with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Jay Will. He's gonna talk a little bit more about what it is that we're doing with this hot wash segment.
1: Yeah. So, like you were saying, hot wash, man. So, what is it? Let me just keep saying this and reiterating: it, it is not somebody that's retiring and then is giving us their last spill and their last who rides. They going out the door. It is intended to give you all a perspective from somebody who's gone through the majority of their career, and most importantly, somebody that you all have asked us to reach out to because they have an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, that's hot wash. Um, but I really don't want to keep our guests in the background for too much longer. Like I'm ready to go ahead and introduce her and then also intro- let her introduce herself. So with that. Doo-doo-doo.
2: Hey. <laughs> What's going on? It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. <laughs> what up, what up, what up T?
1: What's going on, T?
2: Good evening. How y'all doing?
1: Oh, you know we good. We good. we good.
2: Awesome. I'm. I'm excited too. This is. This is. This is awesome, man. I wish I had this when I was a, a young NCO. So this is phenomenal.
1: No, Thank no, you. no doubt, no doubt. So if you no. can go, give us a little spill about yourself. Uh, tell us who you are, where you're from. Uh, anybody that may not know or been living under a rock recently.
3: <laughs>
1: <What's-> <laughs>
2: Um, so um I go by Elaine and uh in my signature block, uh you, you'll see D T one, uh, which stands for determined one, which has kind of been my signature uh for the last few years, my um like my trademark um of all the things that I've been trying to get after in life, you know, and just in that I've just determined to Get after whatever needs to be done, whether that's school, whatever that's family, whatever, whatever that may be in life. So, um, I'm originally from Louisiana, uh, from the boot. I'm not a Saints fan, but <laughs> I support them. But I am a Cowboy fan. I'm just saying, don't you ain't gotta say nothing. You ain't gotta say nothing. Uh, I'm just saying, I ain't talking trash. I will say before before I get started, I gotta say though, uh, my boy. Brian Thomas, retired master sergeant, uh, recently passed away two days ago. He was a security forces uh, uh, defender and uh, retired a few years ago. We were all at Barksdale. I used to work as a civilian in reports and analysis. So all my security forces folks out there, uh, unfortunately, uh, he departed. And um, so I'm still dealing with that right now. Uh, He was like a brother to me. And so, you know, it just goes to show that you just never know um, when when your time comes. So you got to make every effort to show people that you love them and that you care about them uh, in this day and time, especially with everything that's going on. So rest in peace, Brian, you know, I love you. I know you're down there watching over us and he was a huge Saints fan. Who that? So I just had to put that out there. Um, but I'm originally from Shreveport, Louisiana, from Cedar Grove, 72nd Street. A lot of people don't know much about Shreveport other than the casinos and things like that. But when I was uh, coming up in Shreveport, uh, there wasn't much there. Uh, the casinos weren't there, a lot of cotton fields and things like that. Um, and so my father, you know, he wanted better for us. Um, and, you know, being in the deep south like that, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. The first time I had any interaction with somebody other than white um, was when I, we left to move, uh, go to Georgia. So, you know, being in that type of environment, you know, you, you do really kind of see your haves and your have-nots and stuff like that. So when I actually went back to Barksdale uh, for some time, you know, I got a chance to see those areas that I grew up in. Some of those houses are still there and a lot of people that I know are still there. Um, and and some folks don't even like to stay there from Shreveport. But, you know, I, I'm proud of where I'm from because I know that no matter what. What goes on in life, you can rise above whatever your circumstances are, um, and so, you know. Again, when you say street, we're like, you from street, <laughs> but it's all good. Yes, I'm poor city, proud of it. Um, but my my father wanted more, and uh, he was army guard. We moved to Georgia for the first time. Uh, lived in Atlanta uh, for about five years or so, and then uh, he got a job in California. Moved to Cali uh, right after the 89 earthquake. Um, so we lived in Richmond, California. If anybody knows about uh, the Bay Area, Richmond was definitely a very unsavory area. So I went through a lot uh, there in my childhood, seen, seen a lot. Um, and then um, he got another opportunity. We moved back to Georgia. And why so I lived in the Jonesboro area and went to high school. So I actually went to, uh, started my high school year in California and then we moved to Georgia for my sophomore year and my uh, junior year. And then my father got another job <laughs> back in Cali working for Golden Gate and uh, moved us back to California where I went my senior year. So I went to three different high schools. So I am accustomed to moving around. In fact, when I'm sitting in one place for too long, I start getting antsy. So um, <laughs> but I will say that you know, probably some of my family may have thought that my father was not wise for moving us around, but I commend him for that because without that I would not have the foundation uh that I had and the experiences that I had to be able to get out and see different things because having that exposure is very important in life when you've been sheltered and and you've been uh trapped into one area for a long period of time. Um, you know, some people just feel they're just a the product of their environment, but you know, you again, you can strive to be whatever you want to be, you know, don't, don't let anybody impress, which is why I'm saying I, I commend you all for this <laughs> platform. I really, really do. This is super important because I'm telling you now, if I did not have the mentors that I had when I was coming up in the air force, I probably would have been gone. Cause I, I was something
3: else.
2: I So this um, is, this is awesome. Thank you, chief.
0: Um. You. So this is gonna kind of open up for our transition question, right? So you mentioned your father was Army Guard. So with that, with your father being Army Guard, why the Air Force? How did that look? What did that look like? Well, how did you come to the recruiter's office or get to maps or take the test?
2: Okay. So my dad was like, hell no to the Army and hell no to the Marines. So the, no. those two were out. <laughs> it was either Navy or Air Force. And actually, it was funny when I was in Georgia. Um, uh, one of my best friends, Aaliyah. Her father was prior Air Force, and she had been talking about going to the Air Force. Air Force, and I was like, "Girl, I ain't going into no Air Force. That's, that's that's the man. You know what I'm saying? We ain't, I ain't doing no Air Force. You know, because you street life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, and when I moved to California, you know, my dad and I, we didn't see eye to eye. So I was ready to get the hell out the house. I was 17. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm ready to fly and get my wings. You know, and um. And I said, I wanted to go into the Air Force. And so I went down to the cruise office. And I will say my dad was thoroughly involved in that. And he had the recruiter take me up to Travis Air Force Base. Um, I picked the job that I wanted. He had the recruiter take me over to the supply squadron at the time. It was SUP. And I got a chance to meet a, a chief um, in the uh, Air Force. And he sat down and he explained to me what my job was going to be. Um, and I honestly picked supply because it was the shorter tech school. And I thought that I would be back <laughs> in Cali. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I did want to go to be a pharmacy technician, but the school was gonna be it was a wait uh, It was like a year wait for the school and I was like, uh-uh, I'm not staying here that long. I'm I out got there.
1: to go so Yeah,
2: I had to go. So that's why I Air Force and so I haven't looked back since Navy. I was like, no, I couldn't swim So Air Force yeah. it was
1: <laughs> so they uh, and, and before we skip ahead of it, so uh, I, I, I did want to touch background like what you're currently doing as well. So we touched the family piece and then come out. But before we, uh, before we skip over that part, um, can you tell us a little about like where you work now? Uh, maybe a couple of nuggets on, on, on responsibilities and stuff like that.
2: So it's funny. I'm actually at work, and I have to apologize again. Um, no apologies. This is. Uh, I thought this was Saturday, so you know, y'all must be special because I'm giving y'all an interview without my eyebrows. Okay, <laughs> I don't play about my makeup and stuff. So this is raw me. <laughs> no makeup, no glam, no nothing. <laughs> so I actually work on Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio. Um, I work for DLA Disposition. Disposition services. A lot of uh, military folks are familiar with DLA. All they know is a lot of folks don't, they only think about, you know, DRMO and things like that. But DLA has so much to offer the warfighter and they are huge supporters of veterans. Um, so, but uh, prior when I was in Florida, because um, right now I'm I'm actually I'm actually a TR, uh, which is a traditional reservist. So I only drill on the weekends and um, I was environmental protection before, cause I used to do hazmart when I was uh, air force. And then I went into, uh, so right now I'm kind of like a a souped up RA if you will, where we, um, we're kind of like at a higher level where I have sites under me. And uh, we deal with support agreements, MIPpers, moving funding. I mean, it, it's tedious, which is why I'm still here at work right now. So it, it, it can be very cumbersome, but um, I'm a straight GS, which I love. Um, which is one of the reasons why I got at the air force, not that I didn't want to finish my career, but, and we'll probably get into that. But at that yeah. time, uh, I made a decision, uh, to go back into the civilian world, but I actually just came off of a three-year assignment at headquarters AFRC, where I was an a AGR, which is the active guard reservist. Um, so we active guard reservists have the same opportunity to retire, um, just like, um, a regular actor, a reg aff. It's like, I right. do them, or well, reg aff. So um, <laughs> I swear with these acronyms. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do now. Um, in fact, I am leaving this week. Actually, tomorrow to head to Kansas, where I am the uh, command chief there at uh, McConnell.
3: So. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. So I got to take the back. I know I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm shifting you back and forth, right? So now we got all, go good. To all good. We got to go back to the beginning. So now you talk why Air Force uh, father was heavily involved in everything. Um, I want to kind of I kinda, I kind of now want to say, okay, now you're in the Air Force. Did somebody touch you, or did did you have an experience with somebody as far as uh, mentorship or? like a personal connection, not touch, like physical. So we're not, you know, we're not going on oh, that. We're not asking those questions around here. Oh God, question, no. yeah, yeah. Excuse me. We're going we're gonna to edit. We're not live. We're going to edit that one out. Um, but kidding, no, I'm like kidding. personally, uh, your personal touch, did somebody, did somebody uh, in a, in, at an early experience or can you talk about that in an early experience to where somebody maybe personally connected with you that kept you going or, or maybe on the other route, did somebody personally connect with you where
2: you're like, man, it's
1: not, it's not where it's at.
2: Um, so I, that's, that's that's twofold. Um, first, let me start with um, when I was in tech school uh, down in Lackland, um, one of the instructors that was there, I think he was kind of like the flight chief at the time. Uh, he was a tech sergeant and. Um, and again, like I said, I, I didn't have the best attitude coming in the military. Uh, but he kind of clung to me and and uh, took hold of me and was like, you know, I was Aaron Anderson at the time. When I tell you, I came in from basic training with long braids down my back, big old bulk, and everything. I mean, they would be yelling at me, telling me to get my hair in order. Well, I'd be like,
0: well, What? Justice now? Justice <laughs> now? So,
2: I would be like, Aaron Anderson, reports this order. I am not changing my hair. <laughs> So, um but, you know, I, I had a hard time with running and stuff like that. And so he took to me and he helped me out a lot. And he even kept in touch with me, you know, when I went to North Dakota Um, and, you know, kind of looked at me like I like I was a little sister. And it wasn't until I went to Lake and Heath is when I found out he was involved in the whole sex scandal down there at Lackland, mm-hmm. where a lot of the uh, instructors were getting in trouble and stuff like that. And it kind of it. And it was funny because he, he emailed us. And kind of told us that he was going to be getting into some trouble and things like that and um you know i was a little disappointed about that you know but i never forgot that Through all of that he still took me under his wing and looked out for me you know even though all of that was going on um and then when i got to north go to north dakota again another little firecracker was shutting down the enlisted club <laughs> <laughs> and I had some folks that saw some things in me because I was a hard worker, no matter what. Right. I may not, I may not have had the greatest attitude, but I was a hard worker, right, you know. Right. And, and and I think a lot of that came from my relationship with me and my dad because we, you know, it, it got really tumultuous because we were so much alike. Right. And um, so I was just angry, you know. I was mm-hmm. angry about a lot of stuff. Um, but you know, I, I think that came from they knew that I was that I was a good worker, and I just needed somebody to believe in me, and that's why. I've been pursuing the things that I've been pursuing in my career and, and reaching out Mm. to folks because I know that if someone hadn't reached out to me, then I wouldn't be here. So it don't take much, you know, you don't have to deep dive into folks' business and stuff like that. Um, but my my first supervisor in in North Dakota, her, uh, well, my second supervisor, she was British actually. It was the first time I met uh, someone from England Mm. and she was, um, I'll never forget her name was, uh, Del Bianco Fry. And it was funny cause she was from Africa. Well, she wasn't British. She was from Africa, but they had the, you know, the British accents. but mm-hmm. it's funny. We used to joke about how she could actually put on her resume that she was African-American because she was, <laughs> 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 but when I tell you that woman was thorough and she had my back and she took care of me and she taught me the job. She showed me what I needed to do and make sure I had what I had to do. My upgrade training was taken care of. And so every every supervisor that I've had along the way, I've always when I got promoted or anything special in that nature, I would always reach back out to them and tell them thank you and mm. let them know how I was doing so that they could see that you may not realize it. But what you did for me impacted me. Right.
1: Because they're moving like it's normal, but not knowing how much of an impact they're making. That's, that's, that's legit.
0: Thank you no for sharing that with us, uh, Chief. So as, as you say, Airman Anderson is progressing through the ranks. He's had a little bit of time to grow a little bit throughout our career. Did you ever feel that there was ever a point in your career that you had like that light bulb moment? So you think back, to, have you ever seen The Matrix, Chief? Wait,
2: say that last part you broke
0: up. Have you ever seen The Matrix?
2: Oh, yes, yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. All right, so you know when Neil kind of starting to realize he's the one and he kind of see the path, have you ever had a a, lot, a light bulb or watershed moment like that in your career where you kind of understood what the Air Force needed of you and allowed you to progress a little easier instead of against the grain or against the, the uh, current? <laughs> um,
1: Can I just say pause real quick and say, it, it seemed like she was about to say, I don't want to lie to y'all, but... <laughs> Like it, <laughs> it, was, it was about to go. No, but go ahead,
3: go
2: ahead. Um, I'm really trying to think about that because it it definitely progressed over the over time. Um, I will say that my upbringing instilled in me how to be a a, a good worker. And again, my father, even though we we you know we bumped heads, my mom we bumped heads stuff like that, but you know, they took care of us. Like I said, even growing up in the hood and stuff like that, you know, they made sure we had what we needed. And so I just knew I had to survive and I knew I had to do what I had to do because I wanted to make them proud too. And I wanted to make my family proud because I was the oldest. So being the big sister, you know, I I still, I still took that to heart, you know, when I would go to different bases and stuff like that. So I think when I got to Lake and Heath, um, I kind of had a light bulb moment, moment when they, uh, so, when I first got there, I was, uh, and, and again, this was before they had standards for nails, so I used to have some claws. Okay, and I'd be up in there, tink, 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 tapping away, and they'd be like, "Is you gonna cut the nails?" I'm like, "Um, I work in customer service. I don't need to cut my nails." <laughs> so, um, when I got to, uh, I was, I was in customer service at first, and they moved me to document control. There, I had some little run-ins with some of the uh, locals there. Um. And I just had enough because it was just too messy. I'm not going to lie. Back in the day, supply squadron used to be messy, okay? Mm. And all my supply folks mm. out there know uh, the supply mm. used to get down. That's what I'm to say. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And so, Cheers. you know, it was a lot going on. Um, but one of my greatest mentors came from there, which was uh, Chief Master Sergeant Retired Thomas Leggett. Um, and he was a phenomenal mentor. In fact, and and throughout my career, I've run into several people who have known him. Um, and when I tell you that dude was smart as I don't know what he, he, uh, made master fast. He got his degrees out the way. And so he was definitely a beacon of light and kind of changed my mindset about things and how I should see the air force and stuff like that. Um, and not walk around with a chip on my shoulder that I had so much Mm -hmm. more to offer, and so when I told them what I wanted to do, you know, cause I was getting ready to test for staff and I, I really did, I was ready to leave supply, but I, I wanted to do something different. And so that was the first time I went out to, uh, I was at Lake and Heath in the 494th and red squadron. Um, and that was like the worst squadron there was. Everybody said, cause you had three different AMUs, um, But I, uh, I, was like, I don't give a damn, get me out of here. I'll, I'll, I'll go to red, but going to red was probably like the best experience I've, Ever had, um, and and that's why my fighter background. I, you know, I I talk fighter all day long. Um, But because of him, because the supervisor I had prior to him, he tried to screw me over because the the civilian lady, you know, she was lazy. I don't know what, and they kind of, you know, linked up. And she was telling, snitching on on us, telling all kinds of stuff that was going on in the office. And we were trying to figure out where he found this information out. He tried to tell me one time that he was running. In past the dorm and heard me talking about him. And I'm like, what? You a damn tech sergeant. How are you running past the dorm to heard me talking about you? But anyway, so we found out she was the mole. But long story short, you know, <laughs> Chief Leggett, I mean, he came to me and said, hey, Lane, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, uh and Such trying to do you in and Mary trying to do you in. So, you know, I, I wasn't trying to hear all of that. I wanted. I got to know you is when I came and talked to you, and I saw you were a hard worker. So the good part that he decided to not listen to what the next person said, because a lot of times when you're in a section and another person come in there and you hear another NCO talk about an airman or something like that, you might be inclined to believe them instead of, you know, listening uh, for yourself. Mm. And he found that, you know, I don't care what he said, because he tried to mark me down on my EPR too. Um mm. and he and he messed me out of Btz because I would have made BTC that year, but I ended up making staff first time that year. So at the end of the day, when one door closes, another one opens. You know, so shout so out the to Chief Leggett for that. That was my light bulb.
1: Nah, it it was meant to happen that way. And that's that's the crazy part about it. So you'd have made Btz, it it changed you on a different trajectory. So absolutely. Uh, it, it was definitely meant to be that way, man. That was that was another good. You you got that note taker on the side? He's taking notes in the background
0: on this one. Last time I. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, they, uh, and, and then I will also tell you that uh, I'm pretty sure we have a lot of people in the background as well, um, finally smiling and throwing their hands up because this is probably the one show that we've done that nobody has said anything bad about personnel or finance so (laughs) so when you mentioned supply and then uh some some struggles in supply so because everybody has it let's be honest every community has struggles every community has their problems so uh it it was definitely that's my sidebar before i transition so as i transition to from your light bar from your light bulb uh uh now you've been keeping it really positive and i appreciate that i always appreciate those nuggets and spinning spinning conflicts into um, positivity but um I would like to ask, uh, even though you had that light, bulb, is there something that you look back on that you're like, man, I, I wish I'd have done that differently. Is there that regrettable moment for you? Or is there, is there something that you look back on and say, man, I really wish I would have done that better. Um, now having the knowledge that you have now.
2: So this is probably going to sound cheesy, but, um, When I really think about that, because I I think about those questions at times, um, there's nothing I would have done different. And I say that because like we just said not too long ago, your path and what you have been set upon it sets the trajectory, right? So had I taken a different path, who knows where I would have been, you know? Um, Could I have not cursed out a couple of people? Probably, you know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Could I not shut down the enlisted club when I was an airman? Could I not cuss out that one girl at the child hall who slammed my bacon on my plate that one time? Probably. But it happened. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, but I, I learned respect. from it. Yeah. I learned from it. You know. Um. But everything good or bad, honestly, and throughout my career, no matter what I was going through, at the time you know, you're know, going through that storm and you're like, man, this is some BS. I, I just can't believe I'm going through this. But if you have someone, and, and that's what's important about having people that support you to help you get through that. Um, I, I had a, a lieutenant, he was a retired lieutenant colonel. And I was dealing with some, uh, some issues uh, when I was in the guard. And um, he shared with me that he had a boss that was literally trying to get him fired. He had gone through so much and he had supported me. And he told me, he said, you know what, sometimes we go through things in life so that we can be there for the next person. Mm. So we can know how to deal with the next person and then and, and they may have that same problem and you can know how to advise them because you can't really speak on something that you've never experienced, to be honest with you. So no. for me, um, none of that killed me. I'm still here. I'm still blessed. Could things have been a little smoother? Probably. I, I think about... If I would have stayed active duty, I'd probably I'd be tired right now living the dream. <laughs> but at the time I wanted to finish school. Um thanks to the Air Force, I got four degrees out of it. And I met my husband, I had my daughter. Um, and so that was the choice I made. And so I don't regret it.
3: There you go.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that chief. So I think that's a recurring theme here. I think for all the all the guests we've had on uh the hot uh hot wash they've mentioned some part about um some of those bridges needed to be burned That person oh yeah <laughs> that was a that was a famous nothing. line
1: like i burnt that bridge and what <laughs> i should
0: have burned the village <laughs> down
1: too
3: right <laughs> yeah
2: i mean but you know again in hindsight you know of, of course you know a couple of years ago i could be looking like man i wish i would have done this but I, i'm not gonna go through life regretting things because it's in the past you learn from it and you move on. Nice
3: I don't want to change
2: anything about about what happened with my life. I'm thankful for and I'm blessed, you know. And it could be worse, so you know. If I could, should I'd be a millionaire by now. But guess what? <laughs> if I was a millionaire, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. wouldn't be. I wouldn't be here talking to y'all because I'd be. No, in a that, lot-
1: that's what I was about to say. I was just gonna be honest. We would have had to schedule for a it. few more people,
2: and I have my eyebrows on. So <laughs> <laughs> that's love, chief. I appreciate the love. I appreciate
0: you being on here. We family, like that, yeah. you know about, we family like that.
2: No That's doubt. It. All
0: right. So you mentioned your your daughter, Chief. That's gonna um a great segue to our next question. Um, it's no secret that the Air Force kind of pulls us away from our family and our home life a little bit. Was there ever a point in your career that you experienced parent guilt, like where you had to either TDY, deploy or be away from your family and loved ones, and it caused you a little bit of anxiety or guilt?
2: Absolutely. Um- even right now when I have to leave to go to Kansas, my daughter hates it, you know, and now, and when we were in Georgia, um, I think the first year I was there, I was t d 17 times. Um, and you know, that, uh, that, that did affect her. You know, she's like, mommy, you were always gone. And I always try to explain to her that baby it's not that I don't love you or anything like that, but I'm doing this so that you could be proud of me someday. And it's funny when I was at McConaughey, she told me, she did not want me to go to Kansas. She was trying to figure out how she could get me fired. <laughs> But when I showed her the video, you know, she came back and told me how proud of me she was, you know, even though she misses me and stuff. But she was proud of me. Uh, But when I deployed in 2017, that was probably the hardest thing for me because, uh, you know, to have to leave my baby. um, I I didn't. It was hard. You know what I'm saying? So I, I can't. I can't imagine everything that other folks have to go through. And, I, and I'm going to be honest, something I struggled with for a long time, but I never really told people was in 2017, that was my first time deploying as a chief master sergeant. And I, I, all the deployments that I was supposed to do when I was active duty, um, it didn't work out. Um, in fact, my first deployment when I was in North Dakota, I was we were supposed to go to Saudi, but then he shut down the runway and sent all the planes to Tampa. And I was supposed to go to Tampa. And then they came back and was like, uh, well, sorry, you got orders to Lake and Heath, so you can't deploy no more. I'm like, really? A three-month deployment in Tampa? It was probably best because I was underage. I know I would have been off the chain. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> but that, that was a struggle for me, to listen to other people who have deployed, and it just never happened for me. And at the time when my husband, I didn't Because he was active duty, I didn't want us both to be gone. So I made that sacrifice not to deploy. And I didn't have to as much in the reserve. So that way he, both of us didn't have to be gone. So I applaud anybody who has gone through that. But I took that deployment because for me, I'm like, I can't stand up here as a chief master sergeant and lead airmen and not have experienced what they've been through. And I know at the time my husband had a lot of apprehension about it because he's like, Look, i done deployed many times. It, it ain't worth. It ain't the hype. It ain't worth the hype. Which I get. But there's something in you that when you get into a position where you're leading and things of that nature, like I said before, I can't talk to you about something I've never experienced. So for me, it was hard because that was the first time. That was. I mean, I was. I was with Red Horse. Uh, to the horse. To the horse and uh <laughs> and uh that was a very difficult deployment there you it go. really was my it was worst deployment but it was rewarding though it was it was, it was a great yeah. deployment though
1: it's definitely. I uh, I had my experience with the horse. Me and Black have opposing opinions, and uh, Trace, I mean, so it's, it's different. It's different when you go as an augmentee. I say I, I, I wouldn't. Would oh oh no, yeah, I, an I can tell you some
2: stories about the augmentees that came and had to work for me because they sent me downrange, and I didn't have any experience supply people, so I was the senior supply person there, mm. and the and the NCOs that I had. They were augmentees from like pest management or structure or something like that. So I had to be able to teach these airmen. They were in upgrade training. And I had airmen at five different sites that were in upgrade training. Like the highest mm. airmen I had was, I mean, we had a C airman and the A1C at a site. So I was fobbing around and, but you know what? It didn't break me. So yeah,
3: there you go. I
1: fucked it go. up. You know, we, uh, we kind of mentioned, especially from a previous one where we talked about bridges and burning bridges or not burning bridges. So I want to go back to the light bulb point as well, is what's your opinion as far as bridges? Um, do you feel in building bridges? Do you feel that like some bridges need to be burned uh, to never cross over again? What, what has been your experience when you hear the term building the bridge or, or, or burning the bridge?
2: Um I guess it just depends on on your perspective and and you know how it applies to that situation because there are some bridges you like I don't give a damn if I ever see or deal with you in life again. Um but it's very important um to to be aware of the future. And those same folks you may come across again, you know, especially if you out there doing some BS. But there are some people you can you just can't make amends with, you know. But I, I have learned. I mean, like I said, from being a firecracker, I didn't care. To now, I'm like, you know, there are certain th- certain things where I try to have a different outlook on it, um, and try to understand people's perspectives because just because they have a different perspective from from me doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. Um, but we just have to be mature about it. So I'm all about bridge building cuz you know what given this environment, you know, we need a lot more reaching out especially among ourselves. Um, and there's a lot of bridge burning within our community. And we don't we, we don't we're not teaching one another how to keep that bridge afloat. And right. so I, I'm definitely big about trying to mend those fences if they can be amended. Now, again, some folks, some, some situations, uh, a, a boyfriend of mine once told me there's a, a reason a season, a lifetime. So you, you may have your reason for that one situation you're dealing with that one situation comes in a season and then you have another that come in a lifetime. So every element that happens in your life may not necessarily be repeated again, or may not linger. So, Um, you take it for what it is and you move on, but I try not to, I try not to burn any bridges if I don't have to, but if it's out, if it's out of my control, it is what it is. You know, again, that's even when it comes to friendships and and relationships and things like that, that's, that's just a part of life. You learn from it and you move on because again, every little thing that happens, every person that comes into your life impacts you differently. And changes the course. Just like, for instance, if you're in your vehicle and you cursing somebody out in traffic, which I do a lot,
0: uh, <laughs> a that, that,
2: that has changed you. That, that literally, I allowed that person to alter something about me.
1: Your mood, but even your mood. You know what I'm saying? That
3: kind of <laughs> Yeah.
2: So, you know. Again, I try to tread lightly when it comes to that, you know. And I get it when some people say you br- you burned out. They have been something I, I didn't I didn't care nothing about. But I didn't do it with malice. Mm. It was like, you know what? If it if it don't work out, it don't work out. If if you know if we can, we can. But I'm not about you know that whole term fool me once, fool can't get food again. Yeah, we not we not doing that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, where has she been all of my life, question.
1: man? Where has where she been all of them? Uh, They don't hear me when I say it. You know, I don't hear me. I love it. All
0: right, Chief. So, the next question we have for you um, at some point, you had to realize it's going to be your career path, right? This is going to be a, a traditional career for yourself. But typically, around the 12, 14, 15 year mark, we kind of run into that wall where we're starting to second guess our decision and we're starting to have thinks of, thoughts of us maybe beyond being. Doing something else did you ever hit that wall in your career and if so how did you overcome it
2: well i did so when i was at lake and heat and uh and i got the okay so i was in north dakota first all right that was the first thing and i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe it and i was upset because the whole class after me all got sent to travis and i went to north i don't understand that and the travis was number one on my list but again God knew better than to send me back to the Bay Area because I was an errand. I had money. And yeah. So anyway, um then I went to uh to Lake and Heath and while I was I was in ALS and I got my orders, um, and they sent me to South Dakota. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, hell no, South Dakota? Nah, we're not doing South Dakota. So I I uh, actually um I tried to I tried to get out of that assignment, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I called all the way down to the functional, I had the chiefs now. They was willing to swap me with another young lady who was at Barksdale who was trying to get the North uh, get to South Dakota where her fiance. And um because I was a staff sergeant, she was a senior airman. it went it made it all the way down past the command and everybody else. And AFPC came back and said, No, we can't do the swap because of skill level.
1: Man, yeah. personally so mm. <laughs> I know they're in the background. Yeah, That's I why want, I want I <laughs> wasn't
2: happy about that, man. I wasn't happy. But, you know, again, one meant to be. I got to Louisiana anyway. But, um, at that time, you know, once I got there, and, and I really, I, I had raised the preface. I only had to stay there a year and I could have found somewhere else. But for me, at the time, I was like, hell no, Uncle Sam ain't got my best interest at heart. And he gonna send me somewhere else effed up, so I'm not doing that. So, um, so that's when I went into, I got out and went to the reserve mm-hmm. and, uh, but I didn't, I didn't want to let go of the military though, because I, I did enjoy that part of, I just didn't want to do it full time anymore. And I wanted to go to school and get my degree. And I was, I wanted to do my music and, and some other things. And my grandmother at the time, we were very, very close. Uh, she's still around. God bless both my grandmothers, um, And I wanted to be closer to her because we were very close. And because I had been in the military and moved around so much, I hadn't been back in Louisiana. So that's actually what brought me back to Louisiana. Um, And I went into the reserve unit down there at the 917. Um, And that changed the trajectory of, of, you know, how I I did business. It was a culture shock because, I mean, you know, you hear a lot of horror stories about the reserve and the guard. (laughs) And there's yeah. some truth to that, but that's truth everywhere. I mean, there's, there's right. horror in the, on the reg-ass side and the reserve the guard. It's everywhere. Um, but it was a culture shock for me because I was very straight-laced when it came to, you know, I, I, at the time, you know, you got an airman calling NCO by the first night, Like I was like, nah, that's that, not. Nah. I mean, even though when I was at Lake Heath, me and my supervisor were on first term, but I knew better when the other people came around, mm-hmm. I knew that he was sergeant so-and-so. And so that's kind of the problem we have with some of the airmen nowadays is like they don't know when to draw that line, that their respect factor has gone. Um, But we, you know, we as uh, senior NCOs and NCOs, you know, we have to learn how to bridge that gap with them and have those conversations rather than sending them emails and all kinds of stuff like that. Text messages like like, we need to have face to face. We need to sit down and talk so I can see your pupils. Yeah. And. See what's going on so that's actually what what changed that for me and you know i've been in, in it ever since yeah
3: well no.
0: can, we, can we backtrack a little bit Chief? you mentioned you did music what, what kind of music like let's talk about that part for a second
2: so i think um i used to do uh like national uh, a lot of national anthems and stuff like that for ceremonies Um, And when I was at Lake and Heath, uh, we were in a little group. (laughs) I don't know if any of my Lake and Heath people on the line, but uh, I was with uh, Big Bite Records. It was some military folks that got together and um, (laughs) we were doing music. We was doing shows. I mean, it was was, was actually pretty. It was actually pretty cool. Um, Actually, um, one of the gentlemen, uh, he's you know, he's actually moving up. His name is Mike Gould. He goes by Mike Bless but he's actually doing pretty well in Atlanta but he was security forces at the time uh so like I said we all did music together over there and um and then when I got to Louisiana I would do like um I would you know sing with a band and stuff like that so and I write so I love music that's actually what my passion is music
1: that's no doubt no doubt so so is it possible we get a a few notes at the end of this conversation. Of I course. mean we family now, so you know matter fact
2: it was funny when I was at Grand Forks, we had a talent show, and some of my homies we were out there and we, and we put we put a song together and one of the guys he's he's actually doing music somewhere else a lot of those guys are out now um but i i will I'll okay at the end. okay talk so nah. folks in the grand in, in the Forks.
3: That's it. A,
1: that's a respect, man. I appreciate that. Now, I'm going to pause for a second and talk to UMU. So, UMU, I think y'all letting Chief off light. Like, uh, I'm not seeing the questions in there. So, as y'all know, at the end of these, we, we rapid fire Chief some questions. So, whatever you all have, if you haven't noticed, by now, we're probably 40 minutes into it. Uh, she's going to give you the real deal answer. So, with that being said, like ask her whatever you want and then, by all means, at the end, we'll get to it. And then uh, and we'll rapid fire those questions. So, um, But with that, uh, you already gave us the one answer, uh, which is I wouldn't change anything. But there was a transition point where you went reserve. Um, and looking back on it now, looking yeah. back on it now, hindsight 2020, would you make a different shift in your career um, now again, you already used the one answer. Hey, everything's led me to now. So we can't use that one again. But if you were to advise, is there any more nuggets that you can say, look, hindsight, I made this move. Maybe I should have been a little more hesitant or weighed my options or maybe, Hey, this was the right path. But even when I went reserved, I wish I would have done this a little bit sooner, or a little bit better. Is there any one of those that you look back on at, at that transition point?
2: So when I was at Lake and Heath I had an opportunity to go tour with tops and blues and uh, I chose not to do that because I was uh chasing love. So if I had to do that all over again then I would have I probably would have gone I, appreciate I probably would have gone to Tops I forgot all about that. I probably would have gone to uh I would have done tops and blues.
1: I appreciate
3: that.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And it's not to say, like, hey, anything didn't work out the way it was supposed to be. But when you, when you look back on stuff, I, I don't think you can't any of us can authentically sit here and say, hey, we wouldn't have done X differently or we wouldn't have done Y. Yeah, I,
2: absolutely. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, like I'm trying to sell y'all on nothing. I mean, but that's just the God honest truth, because that's mm-hmm. what I've evolved to in this day and age. And, and, and that's where my gratitude and my appreciation comes from is everything that I've been through. So that's why I say that. Um but sure, I mean again, um if I would have stayed active, I'd be retired by now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Living a whole different life. <laughs> yeah. But that didn't happen, you know, but but again, when when I go back to that, I probably wouldn't have my daughter or the daughter I have now with the husband I had her with. So that was my blessing. It took it, it was a lot to even bring her here. You know, I struggled um, with getting pregnant and things like that. And so, you know, I wish I didn't have to go through that. And I know there's a lot of women out there that that go through that. Um, and, and, and this is what I'll say about stress. You really have to manage your stress. And sometimes as, as leaders, it's easier said than done. But, you know, just the things that I've been going through in the last couple of months, you know, have really taken a toll on me. And, uh, but I have a great support system and I had to take a knee a few times to get myself back on track. And I want people to know that's okay. You have to learn to be okay. Mm-hmm. You have to. So, um, and, and stress did cause some infertility in me. So that's why, you know, I'm really, I'm a huge advocate about folks taking care of themselves. You know, I'll repeat it to the end. Um, so those are kind of the regrets I would say maybe, you know, um I I I mean, there's people I probably should have never hooked up with, I mean, was. <laughs> that's really, <you> know. <laughs> Again, we like all, I said, we all got I, a, I wish I wouldn't have shut the, shut the club down fighting in the club, stuff like that. Yeah, oh, those the yeah, things yeah. that I wish I wouldn't have done, but I mean, it's a part of, it's part of being alive. You say, know, so in the air
1: same air respect, you wouldn't have the pause that you have now if you wouldn't have had some experience to, to lay some hands. So, um, but uh, <laughs> ah, I, I want
3: to. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, no, I. I if you give us the opportunity um, and I know it's a personal subject, by all means, if we don't want to touch it, um, it is, but I, I want you to um, give you another opportunity to dive a little bit more into uh, maybe some recent, recent uh, struggles that you had um, as far as stress. And then what have you been doing to overcome those? Cause a lot of times, um, you know, we look at chiefs and then we're like, Hey, uh, you know, they got it. They're good. They got to put on a game face and everything is good. So, um, if you could, uh, dive a little bit deeper into maybe some recent things that you've been going through and then how, how have you dealt with it and, and how have you maybe been transparent with those beneath you on how you're dealing with situations.
2: Ah, oh, man. Um, so it's, it's kind of been a snowball of things that have been happening. Um, When I was at, uh, when I was in Georgia, uh, of course, you know, uh, I was there by myself and, um, and I went through a lot there with leadership, you know, um, just a myriad of things, you know, and not having the respect for chiefs like they should, things like that. Um, So that was one stress, obviously, and having to be there um, with my daughter by myself and stuff like that. I had a, I had a breakdown to where I had to go to, I went to mental health and and uh, I actually was put on some medication to kind of help, um, to help bring me down and mellow me out because I was so stressed out. I was having out of body of experiences where I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't do anything about it. Um, and I'm a very proud person. Like I said, that's why I'm really big about mental health and taking care of yourself. And I went to go get help so that I didn't do anything that would hurt my daughter. And I, I wouldn't take any anger out on her. Um, at the moment, my husband and I are separated. You know, I love him to death. Um, we may or may not make it, you know, and that's not something I've really told people or put that business out there. Cause again, I'm a very private person. Um, but it just goes to show that people go through things in life. You're going to have some ups and downs. Um and the people you started off with may not be the people you end with, you know, and mm-hmm. that's the that's reality. Um, but there's no ill will or, or anything like that, you know, sometimes paths, you know, uh, change uh, directions and things like that. But, you know, that is stressful, you know, with somebody you've known for a long time. So, um, and then of course, you know, I have health issues as far as, you know, you know, running, you know, I tore my ACL. But I, I, I'm hard-headed. i hard headed. I want to keep running, doing what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the recent death of my friend. Um, I had a, a friend, um, a family member who was sexually assaulted recently. Um, so it's a myriad of things going on to where you just be like, Lord, why? You know,
1: where I'm right now. Yeah.
2: But again, of stressing that support system makes all the difference.
3: Yeah.
0: I definitely appreciate you opening up to us, Chief. Um, you didn't have to, so thank you for that. No. That's something we are also uh, a proponent of is taking time for, for ourselves. And at the end of the day, a lot of times, we're our own worst enemy. We get stuck in the cycle like, I, got, I can do it. I got broad shoulders. I don't need to take a knee. I'm strong. And we just end up taking on too much. And by the time we realize it, it's damn near too late. So thank yeah. you for getting that message out there to a lot of our members
1: watching. Definitely, thank Absolutely. you. I think a Absolutely. lot of times you just speaking on, um, even though it may not resolve you know what you're going through right now, uh, I, I know you've connected with a lot of people right now that are going through something. And, and if, it, if it helps at all, I, I know for a fact that you've helped somebody out tonight by sharing your story, just by, by them seeing somebody like them. Um, and then also in your position, um, that's willing to share their story uh so i i, I can almost Absolutely. bet that that somebody somebody is going to seek or or be a better person or more just because of you so i i definitely appreciate that thank well, you i G. hope
2: so even if it changes one person because like i said I, I don't have nothing to hide again you know sometimes our pride gets in the way or whatever but at this point in my life i've had some serious enlightenment. And uh, lightning, uh, oh, shit, I don't know. If I'm, I'm tired, but anyway, uh, <laughs> to where life is too short. It's too short, and I, I, I just don't have time to 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 not do what is necessary.
3: Mhm.
2: And that's about the best way I can put that.
0: Thank you, Chief. All right. So let's change the direction of the conversation a little bit. So we talked a little bit about some things you would have done differently, maybe some some lows in your career. Um, But right now, with a career spanning as long as yours has and has so many ups, can you please share with us one of your most memorable moments throughout your career? I know there's probably a lot, but what's that one moment that when you're around the campfire with the grandbabies, you're going to be sharing?
2: Oh my god. That's man, hey, That's th- hard.
1: So we told you in respect we t-
2: <laughs> That's hard. Um Man, that is super hard. Um
0: And it doesn't have to be something like I super say... Okay, go ahead, chief.
2: All right. So <laughs> i'll just share it all right so when i was in uh i mean there's so many so many awesome things but uh one thing that's pulling me right now as we talk about losing friends and stuff like that um in north dakota uh that being my first duty assignment um you know we were all we had and i'd never been to north dakota like what? i'm from the south and um being in the dorms and hanging out with friends and stuff like that one of my good friends jason archer he passed away uh from a motorcycle accident some years ago and we were planning um a reunion a grand forks reunion and uh they were they were stationed at langley at the time him my friend uh Laron, uh shamra um And we had just talked and we were all going to like that next month, we were going to get together um, and do something. And, you know, uh, Jason, he uh, he was killed. And uh, so that that started a lot, you know, and I flew out there. He was actually from Dover, the Dover area. And um, but when we got up there, all the crew got together and we laughed. We had a good time. And the funniest thing I can remember is, so I don't know what the hell I was thinking but back in the day drinking 40s. Like, I don't even know what <laughs> possessed me to drink a damn 40 ounce. So disgusting. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers St. Ives, all, all the old school folks out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the Bones Farm and all that. But uh, when we got out there, I went and bought a, 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 a 40 <laughs> and so we was like, all right, y'all, we're going to take a shot, we, you know, on on uh, Jason's, uh, uh, for his memory. And I about spit that shit out because I was like, oh, <laughs> I can't even believe we drank this. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> and we still laugh about it, you know, to this day. And just all the times that we had, all the mischief that we got into. I mean, the time I almost lost my orders to Lake Uh from uh partying and underage, drinking in the dorm, you know, those were the those were, I don't c- condone that now, but I'm just saying like <laughs> that's what made me uh the the airman I am today is those lessons I learned and those relationships I made. Even though Grand Force was a sucky assignment, it was the people for me that <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah so. oh yeah
1: we all can probably give you a story about the first base <laughs> in the dorms and the crew that linked up together um yeah those are definitely experiences that we tra- that we cherish uh i'm, I'm glad
0: your taste bulbs taste taste buds evolved, chief uh <laughs> from the old english <laughs> uh 40s back in the day
2: <laughs> yeah Yeah, terrible. So that was memorable to me. I mean, I give you all kinds of memories, and you know, who are stories. But you know, at the end of the day, being able to go back to those stories with my folks, you know. I, in fact, I was just talking to some of my North Dakota friends not too long ago. You know, that's those are the bonds we still have twenty-some years later.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's legit, and that's one thing I don't think we talk about so much in the military is like the bonds that you're able to create. Even when being separated from family and and traveling and constantly moving uh, technology has came such a long way uh, to where we're able to keep in touch with people that when we move away so um so we talked about your yeah one one let me be specific so anybody here this is only one of her memories uh because she likes a lot but um before we wrap it up, and, and of course, we listen to the notes because we ain't going to let you get out of that one. We yeah. want to listen to a few notes. Is, All right, um, let's do it. Uh, but I, I got one more for you because I do want to give you this opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to to speak to every airman that could potentially listen to this. I uh, are stream it on YouTube. We're streaming it on Facebook. Um, and then we'll also have it on Spotify on the audio version later. Um, so I want to give you an opportunity to talk to every airman and give them one piece of advice that you wish you would've had uh, coming out of tech school or being early in their career. So with that being said, what would be your one piece of advice if you could speak to every airman across the forest but not active or reserve? what would be that nugget that you would give to them?
2: Invest in yourself. You have to invest in yourself and your career too many times, you know, we're worried about what my supervisor ain't doing and my mama ain't do and so forth. But you have to really, uh, I, I had a supervisor tell me that nobody loves you like you love yourself. And if you are not able to get out there and do the research that and and follow up, own stuff and not just put it in folks' hands and expect somebody to do it for you, then you're going to have some hard lessons to learn. Um, I see that a lot of times where you have some airmen, you know, you know, making a lot of excuse about, excuses about things, um, but yet n- not providing any solutions. If you're going to complain about something, you're going to have an issue with something, be ready to speak up about how you can make it better instead of just complaining about it. Also be open minded to other people, Um, no matter what their background is, where they come from, where you come from. There's a lot you can learn from just having a simple conversation by being open minded and open up your hearts and mind to other people and their cultures and things like that. Like I mentioned, when, you know, moving around, I have the ability to be able to see those things. Um, But whatever experiences that you've gone through, you know, take somebody under your wing and talk to them, you know, give them your perspective on how you came to be because you never know who might need that advice. So in the midst of taking care of yourself and take, taking care of others as well, you know, when I put master on and up, you know, at some point it's not about you no more, but it not being about me at some point a long time ago to where, i uh, I enjoy being out there and helping people. Everybody's not like that. I get it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But don't have that expectation that everybody's gonna be like you. You're gonna have some folks that uh, that definitely differ. they learn differently. Um, they speak differently, they walk differently. Um, but I'm a transformers fan, and so I leave with this. Um, like Optimus Prime said, there's more than to them than meets the eye. So we always judge sometimes based off of what we see on the surface. But I, I, I charge you all to look down deep and get to know folks um, outside of what you see on the surface. So take care of yourself. Don't be afraid to speak up. But I say if you're going if you, if, if to be a badass and you're going to go after somebody, you better make sure you get in them books. You better, know, better make sure you know your job. And you better be prepared for the fight. But also you gotta know how to give and take. There's a time to be a follower and there's a time to be a leader. And that's okay to follow. And it's okay to step back and, and lead or, or to step back to, to follow and to step up and lead. But know know your positions, know what you can handle. And don't be afraid to branch out, you know, even when it, it's not uh, popular.
3: Yeah,
1: man, I tell you, yeah, he's muted, so he don't even realize it. So I tell you that um, what's most impressive about every time that we ask this question, and and that's the reason why we know it's authentic, is because we don't get the same answer. And um, so I, I, again, I, I prob- we've probably told this to you three, four times in this in, in this conversation was how much we appreciate you and just being genuine, and, and throughout this whole conversation, so. Absolutely. I always I
0: appreciate those. y'all. Yeah, I always love that. I smooth thought she was getting ready to say, whenever you ready to go after somebody, you got to make sure you got these hands.
3: <laughs> hey, you already
2: you sure that you got them. Just-
1: <laughs> got to keep them paws ready.
3: Hey, paws. man, you know,
2: I, I like my paycheck, but I'm saying that if I'm going to put hands on somebody, it's going to be for a damn good reason. Believe that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do we, <laughs> we have any um, rapid fire questions, Jay? Will or so to be will? honest.
1: Um, to be honest, I want to use that time to get a couple notes, uh, from Chief. So to make sure that we keep our time, um, I'm gonna offer you Chief. Uh, we have um, this will be posted in the, in the uh, Facebook forum and then as well as on YouTube. Um So you'll have an opportunity to go back. I have a strong feeling that many of people are going to go back and rewatch this and then have questions for you. So as, as it, as it goes along, every few days passes. So you can check the streams and see if there's any questions that they have for you. And then you can connect with those okay. individuals. Um, well, but I can on, take yeah.
2: one question. I can take one question. Cause my, my notes is going to be very quick. If you want me to, that's okay. Cause I felt like I, I took up all the time and didn't answer nothing outside of that. I feel bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. So, I think we did have
0: one. Let me go over here in the uh, in the chat. They gave
2: me that look like, "Damn, she really want a question,
0: huh?" No, I I didn't see any in the chat right in the uh, comment section, but I can't see the YouTube right now. Yeah, uh, I know.
1: That's why I think that's why I think it uh, it popped up from. So I'm gonna go over here and then I know I think it went back to early on. So scroll back up.
2: Well, while you scrolling, shout out to everybody out there in the comment section. I've been seeing y'all comments. I love you, Mama. Uh, I saw you, Tony, out there. I saw you, A-Ron. A-A-Ron, that's my brother. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for tuning in. You know, I love y'all. I really, really appreciate all the support. And I hope that, you know, um, that I've inspired somebody because, trust me, somebody inspired me. And y'all inspired me. Thank you. Chief. I
1: wanna be here. the The gist is, I'm gonna just go with the gist. But the gist is, they wanted they wanted an actual story on one of those shutting down the club uh, <laughs> e club experiences. <laughs> so,
0: cut the mic, cut the mic.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you told me to ask, so then I, I you know, I, I, just the the gist there, is
0: is like I think there's another question, uh, <laughs> J. Will, in our private chat. <laughs> that uh well, was so asking on. someone asked did you ever have any issues being hired as a black
2: female chief um uh something I, I i forgot to uh mention earlier um they probably would have never told me that you know what i'm saying um but i almost did not put chief on because well uh, one of the commanders had a problem with my hair color So I'm surprised nobody asked me about my hair color because I've gotten that a lot. And it's funny, I never got any issues with my hair color until I went into the reserve. I was actually blonde when I was active duty. Um, And so I remember a command chief once told me that he tried to quote the AFI to me and say that as a black woman, I could not have blonde hair. And uh, I ate his ass up. I'm not gonna lie, because I'm like, well, actually, I ate up my first sergeant because he had no business sending that to me. And you should know the AFI. And it was kind of one of those things like, well, you know, kind of. I'm like, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. The problem is, is that a lot of times, you know, some people see black women as one way, that we only have black hair, we only look this way, our hair is permed and this and that. So I, I'm thankful to Kay Wright for setting the tone and changing a lot of those things with, as you can see, I have locks now um, of changing that about that and making it a little bit more diverse so that we're not so focused on the person's look, you know, cause we don't all look alike. Um, but I, I would say that was probably an issue that I had because, and nobody else had the problem. She had the problem. She just didn't like the fact that I was blonde. I'm like, okay. And so, and this was in, backwoods Florida somewhere so where you <laughs> and unfortunately in some areas you got some folks that uh, have not been exposed to black folks that look different than that and so what I try to tell folks is you know and I get it some people don't want to rock the boat and I, I've just kind of been that trailblazer from the get-go Um and I'm not trying to tell anybody to break any rules or anything like that that's why I said know what your career can handle and make sure you get in that AFI Um but um I'm sure there have been some opportunities that folks did not want to hire me in but I will say since I have put chief on uh the only opportunity I didn't get is when I applied for the command chief position at Barksdale outside of that every position I put in for I got and um I think you know what the advice that I always would like to give back to folks is being professional And uh, and not always making it about you and sometimes stepping outside when you're when you're experiencing issues, you have to be man or woman enough to say, you know, maybe I might be the problem. Maybe I need to take a step back and adjust my attitude and adjust how I do things. It's not saying that you you bound down anybody or you being fake or anything like that. But you got to know your audience and um, you got to be a little bit more strategic about how you handle things. And unfortunately, sometimes as black women, you know, we kind of get that. Uh, you know, the angry black woman. That's very real. That is very, very real. Um, where you come across your counterparts and they can get pissed off and be considered assertive, but we are looked at, it can be looked at as mean bees. Um, but you know what, guess what? I just tell folks when it comes to that, you know what your challenges are. Just keep on stepping, keep on stepping, have your shit in order. Okay. Nobody tell you different.
1: i gonna put that on my t-shirt. Have <laughs> your
0: <shit with> her.
2: <laughs> I, I want my coin
0: too. <laughs> All right. Okay. I appreciate the candid uh responses, Chief. Thank you for that. All right. Oh, so no. we're getting into our, our our wrap-up session. So before we turn it right. over to you, Chief, for our uh our last closing remarks. I just want to go uh, again. Thank you to all the UMU folks out there. Thank you for all the admin folks behind the uh, scene, Key and Tony in the comments and, all, and whatnot. Again, YouTube, Jay Will. Thank you guys for what you do. Um, before I, I let everyone off the hook, I know Jay Will's kind of been giving me crap about these notes that I've been taking. And uh, so I did take some notes. There's three things that I wanted to pass on from what Chief mentioned, that kind of stuff with me. Um, the first one was sometimes you go through things to make you stronger so you can be strong for the next person. That kind of hit home for me because a lot of times we end up we do go through some things in life in our career, both professionally and personally. Um, and we can answer or speak to that with someone else um, and be their their support system when they're going through it. Um, the next the part, the second part I wanted to highlight is when she said it's okay to take a knee. So for everyone watching, um if, if a command chief can sit up here and say, hey, I had to go take a knee, I had to go reach out to mental health and, and make some appointments for myself it's okay for us at the lower level to identify that, hey, we're gonna need to take a knee as well. We're not machines, we're not built um, to handle everything all at once. Sometimes we have to take a pause and realize that our mental health is important as well. And the last one that I kind of want to share with everyone that Chief mentioned that hit home with me was um, to take someone under your wing. You never know what someone's going through, um, to reach out to somebody, get to know folks. So that's really important, especially as we as we progress up the ranks, we kind of tend to bury ourselves behind our work it's easy to get buried in admin stuff, and and we become disconnected with people. So sometimes it's important to get out from behind the desk and connect with people. Those are the three that I'm going to hit, that I'm going to remind everyone I'm with. But again, I'm sure as people continue to watch the, the stream, they're going to have a lot more spicy moments or finger snaps and <laughs> yeah. uh, little uh, content that they're going <laughs> to get from you, Chief. Again, thank you, thank you for taking the time, and I appreciate you coming on, even though it was supposed to be Saturday, but it's, it's Wednesday. But again, thank you. What do you it's got for it? It's all good. For so.
2: Gumby.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: they Gumby. Uh, uh, and, and
1: all I right, have to put it out there. You ready for that
2: song we, so we can wrap it up?
1: Yeah, they uh, I, I, I want to put it out there for them because I, I need everybody to understand uh, how Chief came on. So there was a miscommunication on our end uh, telling Chief when the day was. And uh, for you all, just to let you know what type of person this is uh, so you can connect is... Literally still at work. You can see everybody can see the background. So we're fully uh, we're fully transparent in this and um, is literally still at work. We're supposed to go to the store um, and stopped, just pulled up her phone and said, hey, I have time for y'all. This conversation is important to me and I have time for y'all. So uh, I wanted to make sure I put that out there for for everybody that's listening, so everybody that's going to listen, to show how, how authentic this person is that you got to listen at for the last hour and give their opinion to. So if there's anybody that you want to connect with, we try to bring y'all the most authentic, organic people that we can find, um, and and I hope that you all got something from this conversation. I know I did, and I know personally this is going to be one of the ones that I go back and watch because I don't think I got to enjoy it as much uh, as I was going throughout, as I was uh, waiting for the next question uh, so i'm gonna go back and listen to some of your answers myself um, but but yes we definitely appreciate you we appreciate your time um, and like you said we family uh, i meant you're actually in san antonio which i am too so uh don't don't think that you won't get a message from me because i always like to connect with people like yourself to have good energy and uh and, and connect and be around those type of people so thank you again uh to not over talking because uh, we Absolutely. want the notes. I think the team wants the notes, and I want to turn it over to you to give us a few notes.
3: All right.
2: Well, once again, thank you guys for this opportunity. This is phenomenal, and I applaud y'all. I say keep it going. If there's anything that me and myself, my, my folks, anybody can do to continue to advocate for y'all, by all means. And uh my girl, Glow. I just saw her on there. Uh, 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 Chief uh, Smith. Um, that have been on here before so that this is awesome man and i just want y'all to keep that momentum going if you ever feel you get to a point where it, it it's it's dying on the vine and you you reach out and, and we'll keep it uh invigorated because trust me somebody is inspired from this um and shout out to uh Abraham uh Talahun uh for introducing me to this um, he is a phenomenal phenomenal guy and so I'm so proud of him over there in Germany but anyway so this goes back to the talent show in North Dakota here we go I wrote, wrote the name here you go. <laughs> we go we going through all these times what's mine is mine it's all about having things having things we going through all these times What's mine is mine. It's all about having things. Having things. Shouts
3: out. <laughs> uh, uh, snap, snap, snap. Look, hey, really it made, me, it made me
1: forget to not be in the Saints fan part. It made me just for a moment. Just for a moment. Oh Cowboys. <laughs> We didn't have to end on. We gonna give you opportunity to uh, end on a different note than that, and then <laughs> no. <laughs> thank I thought you
2: said in on that note, on a singing note. Oh. No, no. When you said go <laughs> cowboys,
1: are we gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we again. just playing, man. It's always man. Thank y'all. You um, know you black. What do you think?
0: Thank you. Thanks again, Chief. And uh, if anyone in the comments, if uh, Chief, if someone else you would like us to connect with, make the connection. Well, thank you. We're here for you guys. Um, again, continue to push us and let us know if there's something you would like to see us do better. With that, it's been Real UMD. <laughs>